Hi, you're listening to the Go Time Podcast with Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and I'm Pastor Brandon. Go Time stands for Global Outreach Time, where we share about the amazing things that God is doing through Impact Church in our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. To get involved or find out more information, check out our website at impactfxbg.church. Thanks for listening. So, Grease team, why don't you guys come on up and you guys give the Grease team a hand. This is so not my day, but I'm done. All right. Um, Here's what I want to do. (laughs) What I want to do is... um, tell you guys a little bit about what we did in Greece. And the reason I want to do this during the message is because I want you guys to see how disciple-making and reaching the nations and multiplication um, isn't something that just happens here. Like, this is happening all over the world. But I also want you to see that we're a church less than two years old that is already doing it. Like, this is already something happening. This isn't a new vision that we're saying we want to do this in the next few years. This is something, this is, the story I just explained to you is actually how this church started. And, uh, and it's how we're going to start more churches. So we're going to go through, I do have a specific order in which I'm going to start. So I'm going to let Ellen uh, go and then Zeke and then, yeah, Wes already saw, okay. Um, he's looking over my shoulder, I, I hate that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, come on down. It's okay. It's okay, man. Um, So here's what here's what I want us to do. I want to share with you. So this is a partnership in Greece that we've been doing for the last six or seven years between us and Impact Church of Northern Virginia in Fairfax. Um, We go twice a year to Greece to go serve with refugees from all throughout the Middle East. And we've been doing this for a while, seeing a church that's been planted there and great ministry that happens uh, towards for the refugees. And it happens from uh, a refugee. So um, it is a, a refugee uh, who has started this ministry. God has saved him, and he is now has a ministry for refugees and a church uh, in which he helps reach people and shares the gospel. So, um, so that's kind of an overview of what we did, and I'm going to let them share in some of their stories some of the specific ministries and opportunities they had. Here's the reason that they're sharing. Number one is uh, so many of you prayed for us and gave financially for this to happen. And I want you to know that by the time we got on a plane, this team was fully funded to go on this trip. And that's a big deal because for us all to go serve with refugees was over $25,000 for us to do that. And look around. We didn't just pull, yank that out of the church budget, all right? And so I want you guys to know, I want you to hear their stories because you were a part of it. We just went, but we as a church were the ones doing ministry. Second of all, maybe your faith would be increased. This isn't a gimmick to try to get you to come to Greece, but maybe you would hear something and go, man, I think God might be doing that in my life. I think maybe I should be a part of that. And your faith would be increased, whether it's Greece or, or somewhere else. All right. So uh, Ellen, we'll start with you. And all I ask you guys, try not to use specific names as you share, okay? Um, so one of the things that happened while we were there was a back-to-school event. So they, um, 
gather uh, a bunch of the students and families and celebrate each student as they're going back to school. So um, these are kids who are learning some their third language um, at a Greek school, but they're from the Middle East. So it's just a really incredible time to celebrate each kid. Um, and there were a couple of things. So one of the things that happened was it was raining that day. And so um, the lady in charge asked us to just pray that God would help it to stop raining because rain, they, they walk everywhere. They take tr public transportation. So rain would really damper um, the event. And so we did. We prayed and God brought sun out and it was amazing. And, uh, and over, I think, 60, 70 kids came to this event. Um, so it was really amazing. We got to paint faces. So those are some of the kids there that we got to paint their faces and um, give them kind of like a, you know, festival type feel. And it was really fun and they loved it. Um, and it was, it, it was really neat because we tried really hard to just make each kid feel special and getting to watch um, the lady who was in charge, getting to watch her like celebrate each child, honor each child. Um, make sure that they knew they were loved. Um, really, it just felt like being a part of that was, was really like, um, you know, as Jesus says in Luke, I think it's 18, 19, um, to let the children come to me, and um, for them belongs the kingdom of heaven. And so it was Luke 18, 16. So um, we got to actively be a part of that and actively, like, show these kids and, and speak the name of Jesus to them and and love them um, as they go back to school on, on an adventure that some of us will never even understand. It was pretty amazing. So thank you guys. I want to also just say thank you because we got to get school supplies for them. And that was a big part of like our church giving and, and being a part of serving um, overseas. So thank you. Yeah, man. Praise God. That's amazing. And I do just want to say we while we're there, this doesn't always happen when teams from America go to other places, but um, you as a church, we as a church, we paid for all of the school supplies for all of these children and even some more uh, that well, they'll do it again the next week that, that we're gone. So mm -hmm. uh, praise God. Zeke, you want to share? Um, well, there was a little girl called Rebecca, and every time we would go into this center, she would always just welcome us and always feel happy and full of energy so it was just really cool of how she of how she just showed her love so yeah yeah and you were like on big brother duty yeah <laughs> yeah taking care of her and what what would she say every time we came into the room she would always say our friends our friends our friends and it would just make me really really warm inside yeah, that's awesome. Um, and Zee, did you want to share your verse with us? Go and make disciples. I don't have a verse. Oh, yeah, the, remember? Go. Oh, yeah. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do all that I have commanded you. Then remember that I am with you until the end of the age. Uh, that's awesome. Good job, buddy. And I will say it's amazing having an eight-year-old on a team, but, man, if that doesn't humble you and go, man, I could do this, you know? Uh, it's really amazing, and Zeke really served well. So uh, thank you for also sending, sending and believing in our kids. So awesome. All right, Hans. 
Um, first of all, thank you for, for allowing us to go on this mission, tr mission trip. It was a real blessing for me. Um, one of the things that made an impression on me was the, the shopping trips that we, that we had. Um, in this picture, you see us um, going to, to one of the stores to provide supplies that we were going to give away to the families. On the day before, actually two days before, I think on Monday, um, they asked us to get eggs. And we were like, okay, we'll take a team of seven people to, to get eggs. When we get to the store, uh, we try to convince the store owner that we're buying 1,020 eggs. I'm like, I didn't know we're getting this many eggs. And uh, we're walking through the streets of Athens. I'm like, this is not going to work for us. Um, so we waited about 15, 20 minutes. We packed these eggs. They had to specially like, divide them into cardboard containers. And then we're walking. And I realized that if you do the math, you're carrying over 100 eggs um, in your hands each. And so it's like, how is this going to work? And I'm talking to our guide. I'm like, we need to buy backpacks. We need to figure out how to do this. And in my mind, I was worried about the logistics because, you know, as Americans, we think about how do, how do we make this the best way and the easiest way to, to get back all this stuff. And he says, um, God is with us. Trust in God, and, and he'll provide. <laughs> and so here we are, and we're walking with these, all of us, our team's walking with these eggs. And, and our guide is not walking. He's speed walking. He's like running a marathon. And we're dodging cars. We're walking on the streets. We're, we're trying to catch up, and he's way ahead of us. And, and not just any speed walking, Hans, refugee speed walking. Yes. Um, we could barely keep up with him. It, it was not natural, so he had supernatural strength. And so we're walking through the streets, <laughs> and we make it there, and we're completely exhausted. And I'm like, there, there was something about it that was really appealing, and it was obviously the, the adrenaline rush, because he also said that we're about to enter a part of the city that's not safe, so leave your belongings behind. So we leave all of our belongings, and we're walking through the streets, and we're thinking, we can get mugged, we can get kidnapped, like something could happen to us. But he's not thinking about that. He's thinking about what this means to the people when we get back. So on the second trip, we are here uh, buying supplies, and I have no idea how much supplies we're buying. We're buying three carts full of, of, of sugar, bananas, um, flour, and I'm thinking, if we're doing the same thing with bags, this is not going to work. Like, we can't. This is way too much. And uh, our guy basically says, after we pay all this stuff, I'm like, okay, this is not going to work. Um, we take the shopping carts back to the center. So here we are dodging people and tra traffic, and we, we're making it to, to the center, and I realize, man, this is amazing. So that made an impression on me. It's, it's not about, okay, we don't have a vehicle, we don't have the manpower. It's all about they believed that this is the way you do things because they've done it before. And then the, the, the thing that really made an impression on me is, is when we were giving these things away and you see people's faces, we give up bags full of all of the supplies that we bought during the week and we give it to them and they're just overwhelmed with gratitude. And you can see it in their eyes, there's this expression of, of, of thankfulness um, because they know that they're being provided for. And it's, it's the leaders, it's the couple that was in charge, it's their way of experiencing God's grace and provision and love in their lives and their way of giving back. And so every shopping trip that we did, to us was exciting and amazing, but for them it was, this is how God provides for us, and this is how God operates, and this is how God loves love, um, patient to share and to give back. And then it was an act of love, um, because everything that they did was an act of love. To us it was just really exciting to be part of it, but when we saw what it was doing for the communities and for the families, we realized, yes, this is how God is reaching to these refugees. This is how he's loving on them. And we just had a small part of, of what they're doing with these families. Oh, man, that's amazing. Hans, thank you so much. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Um, really cool because along with giving out school supplies, we also did food distribution. And so that's what Hans was sharing about where we had specific families. We came in, I don't know how many families, maybe... 50s, 30, yeah, 30, 
Yeah, 33 families. So uh, praise God for that. It's awesome. Uh, Rihanna? Hi. Um, I need my picture. Okay. <laughs> I just need you to, like, close your eyes, but don't close your eyes. Look at this picture. So imagine you're at the top of the Acropolis, which is the highest point in Athens. So you're on a very, very tall mountain. It's kind of rainy, which isn't really normal for Greece, so it's slippery. Behind you is the Parthenon. Just for the record, it's much, 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 much larger than you think it is. <laughs> so magnify it by about four. So you are staring out at these houses. You can see nothing but houses upon houses, upon houses, upon houses. You keep looking and you think you see the Aegean Sea. You don't. It's still houses. Mm. So in Athens, we're standing at the Acropolis behind the Parthenon. And Ellen gives the Mars Hill speech for Paul. I don't think you want to do it today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read it to you. So you're in Athens. Paul is at Mars Hill, which is about probably half a mile down the mountain. We're at the top. Give me a second. I had it. Okay. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Aparagos, this is part of the Acropolis, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For, for as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. That therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel this way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of our own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. That times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And on this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So we're in Athens. You hear that. You have passed the Temple of Apollo the day before. You've seen the Temple of Aphrodite on top of a mountain. You're standing in front of the Parthenon and the Temple of Athena. And you're walking up this mountain. And you're seeing all of these things that people are worshiping other than God. And you think of the people of Athens. And when we went to Athens, it was like, oh, they're just Greek. Cool. No, no, no. We're walking the streets of Athens on these crazy adventures, and we're talking to Syrian refugees, and we're painting Egyptian flags on kids' faces, and we're in this weird section of the world getting eggs that kind of looks like New Orleans, and you're staring at a Chinese market. It's not just the Greek people of Athens. It's the mm. refugees from all over the world. Yeah. And in the context of where we were, you're walking past in Victoria Square in the morning, and you're sitting, eating, drinking your mochaccino, and you're like, oh, this is cool. And you walk not 10 minutes down the road, and you're hanging out with our little friend who's screaming, my friends, my friends, as you're serving with Syrian refugees that not only left their home and their country trying to avoid ISIS, but they've crossed two country lines and swam the Aegean Sea to get to where they are. They get there, they sleep in camps, 
and tents in the rain and the cold because they have no idea where they're going to go. And in this context, you're staring face to face with them and you're like, okay, cool, tell me your story. And you hear this heart-wrenching, gut-punching story and you're like, and I'm sitting here complaining because the food on the airplane wasn't good. Mm. Like, what is this context for me? And in this context, in the context of men of Athens, this is the unknown God, you get the privilege mm. of having context with people that you have a background with. So here in Fredericksburg, my current life, I'm not a teacher anymore, but I can sympathize with teachers. We can sit and have that conversation that other people can't have. I'm not from Nova, but some of you are, and you can have that conversation of, hi, the traffic's awful. Or you can sit there and say, oh, I have sourdough starter. Let's talk some, um, some recipes. You get that context that other people don't. So these Syrian refugees and these Egyptian refugees get to have these gospel conversations with these people that they have context with. Mm. They had this relationship, and then they get to multiply, mm. and they get to make new relationships the same way we do here. Mm. So not only is it, hi, I'm a teacher from Mississippi, I'm now, I don't even know what I am, I'm directing <laughs> ESL, but I've made all of these new relationships that I get to share the gospel with, and they get to multiply to their people groups mm. that we got to do in Greece that we get to do here. Wow. So it was one of those like eye-opening experiences of I'm sitting here painting a child's face who wants the flag of Egypt and Greece on both sides because that's who they are now. And they get to share the love of the gospel of Jesus because they got to go to the center because the Syrian refugee left what he knew, mm. met Jesus at the Aegean Sea, and was like, okay, no turning back. This is all I got. Mm, come on. So it was one of those really cool men of Athens and it's all men of Athens. Mm. It's not just the Jesus followers. It's not the, just the Greeks. It's not just the Americans. It's the Syrians and the Egyptians and everyone else that deserves Jesus just mm. like we do. That's right. So that was kind of my interpretation oh, of so Greece. So good, Rihanna. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Justin. Hey, guys. So this was... Not only my first missions trip, this was my first international missions trip, so this is quite, yeah. quite the adventure for me. Um, so what you see there is what they would call a coffee. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so in the culture over there, everybody has to have the exact same thing. If you do a little bit more of this ingredient or that ingredient in one drink, it's not good. It doesn't go well. <laughs> so everyone has to be the same. So... Much like here in our services, coffee is a big part of their services. And for th the ingredients of this are literally just instant powdered coffee, a ton of sugar, and some frothed milk and some water. Uh, so that's what you see there. So basically the, ref the guys, the th there was three guys there. Uh, this is kind of like their job that they would do this to help serve the people of the, of the services. And they... Uh, passed the knowledge on to us uh, how to make these things, and that turned into quite the thing because you can't just make one. You're making pretty much everybody one, and you have to have them all done at like the same time because, again, everyone's equal. You can't serve one person and not serve everyone. So I spent a lot of time behind the bar making coffees, uh, which I've never done before, mm -hmm. and uh, it was quite the learning curve because, you know, for me, the first time I would froth the milk a little wrong or I wouldn't put enough sugar in or whatever the case was, <laughs> and... And so I believe they called that, what was the word for that? When you do it wrong? 
lots of with lots of love. Yeah, so I made a lot with lots of love, which is their term for you didn't do that right. Uh, so anyway, after a couple of days of doing this, I got it down. We were pretty good. Um, and we learned to pre-stage things and have some things ready before they all showed up. Um, one day, though, after doing a bunch of these, because it's a little time-consuming, I had one frother to do the whole thing, and, and it just a little time-consuming. So I got a little frustrated, and I was like, oh, man, here we go, because I just cleaned up, and I think Alexa or somebody said, hey, can you make one more coffee, because there's somebody else that wants one. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Uh, and I was a little frustrated. That lasted about a split second before God, whoever, Jesus, spoke to me and said, hey, you're here to serve. Get over it. Hmm. And... That really humbled me because it made me realize that we're here to serve, not to serve ourselves. So we're here to serve others. So once that thought left, I made many, many, many more coffees. <laughs> uh, and, and, and everything was great from there. But that was a really a humbling moment for me to say, let go of your pride. You're here for them. So, um, so this is the verse I picked. It's Philippians 2, uh, 3 through 5. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Again, as Americans, we often think of ourselves as important and, and self-centered. That's not the case. Hmm. That's not the case. These people have nothing, and they were happy with everything they had. Hmm. So it's very important that we keep that humble servant hmm. mindset. It's good. It's good. Thanks, man. Awesome. Leah. Hello. Um, so I wanted to share about our trip to visit ancient Corinth. Um, and yeah, I feel like I probably was the least excited about going to it, not because I wasn't excited, but like <laughs> the appreciation for history among our group was strong, and I do not have that. Um, so, but yeah, it's God definitely used it in my life. Oh my so um, we took an hour and a half bus ride to go visit it. It was our first day. So after, you know, arriving on Saturday, Sunday morning, we got up really early, took a bus ride there. Brandon had encouraged us to just, you know, spend some time listening or reading through First um, Corinthians in preparation. And so I started doing that. Um, and Brandon did an amazing job. He led us around to the different, you know, uh, sites of ruins and just kind of read through God's word and um, we're literally reading Paul's words to the church in Corinth and for me it was just kind of eye-opening like realizing these were like real people it was a real church um, I think Wes brought up and it really stuck with me like God's word is just as um, applicable today as it was then and so we're reading these words that were given to a specific church in their cultural context but you know God was using them like in my own heart and I think for all of us um, and so this picture is um, Apollo's temple what's left of it and that was a big place of idol worship of them worshiping a false god and so we were standing out front of it and then later we read through some of Paul's words on idolatry and I think God just kind of convicted me like our idols may look different today but we still have them. You know, it's not Apollo or Aphrodite or these other false gods but we still have them and I still have them in my own heart. So I thought it was neat that that was on the first day because I was able to kind of, you know, think over those things and pray through them throughout the week and um, yeah, it was just like a really, really cool um, experience. And then my verse that I chose is appropriately from 1 Corinthians. 
um, 8, 4 through 6. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and from whom, for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Um, and so, yeah, just a reminder, like, the God that Paul was telling them to worship then is the same God we worship now. Amen. So. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Leah. So good. Alexa. Hello. Um, so I am going to share about how um, on the last day we were there, we, um, we had some of the families, we had the missionaries there, we, they all came over to our Airbnb, and we um, got to enjoy having dinner together. Um, it, it was delicious, let me tell you what. Um, the food was amazing. I have no idea what we were eating. I finally, I actually did find it, because I, I did a lot of searching after when we um, got back to America, so I actually figured out what we had, fun fact. Um, but we just were able to like share a meal together, and after we shared the meal, we uh, took communion and worshiped together. So we're um, we're talking with these families, we're sharing these families, uh, we're sharing our story, their story together. And as you're having conversations, you're realizing like, wow, I have very little in common with you. We have some like general themes, but like if you were to put like our lives on a checklist, there's not a lot of overlap here. But because of Jesus, we have more in common in him than mm. anything this world can Amen. separate. Yeah. And you could feel that there. You could feel that, like, the connection you have with these people. Mm. They love Jesus. We love Jesus. And we are worshiping our Lord together. We're serving our Lord together here in Greece. Um, and you could really, like, feel that connection there. And while maybe there is, uh, I was handed a lot of babies when we were there that I don't know their names. I don't know how old they were. They are, um, I had children that didn't speak English, um, and I don't speak anything but English, so there was no communication there, but there was love there, and there was unity in the body of Christ. So we got to share the Lord's Supper together, which was amazing. It was some of their first time doing it. There was this young uh, middle school-aged girl there who, it was her first time taking communion, and she uh, just decided to follow Jesus, which was amazing. Um, so we all took communion together, and then we uh, sang worship songs. So they sang um, two songs in... Uh, do we know the language? Arabic. Arabic. Were they both Arabic? Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Both were in Arabic. Um, and then we sang a song in English. But even the songs in Arabic, you could tell they were worshiping the Lord. I have no idea what the words they were saying were, because, again, only English. Um, but you could feel that they were worshiping God. They weren't just singing. They were truly, truly worshiping. Um, and by the end, it was time to go. And I was a sobbing mess. Um, and I loved those, those people. And I think I really left part of my heart there. But um, my verse up there um, is from Galatians. So, for in Christ Jesus, you were all sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither no slave or free. There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to his promise. So we are, no matter what separates us uh, on that checklist, we are one in Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks a lot. All right. So I'll bring us home here. 
So uh, one of the things that I got to do and Rihanna and I got to do is that we got to help lead in worship. Um, there were three different worship services and gatherings throughout the week. And what's really cool is that the missionaries do a really good job of, of reaching out to the different people groups that they work with. So there was one group that was mainly this particular country, one group this particular country. It was really cool to see. Um, but one of the things that struck me was, you know, we get up there and we're doing live music with a keyboard, but the sustain pedals backwards, and I'm in, in the moment trying to remember how to play piano and um, singing songs in English, and they're very polite and they clap for us and they're like, great, good job. Can we have our music now? And um, <laughs> then they start singing these songs in Arabic and YouTube. And so here's a, a picture that's kind of the, the projector that you can see. Um, yeah, I don't, I can't read that um, because not only is it a completely different script, you read it right to left instead of left to right, and it's a whole thing. I was doing my best, but it didn't happen. Um, but what was so amazing to see was that as soon as Arabic came on, as soon as those songs came, um, we couldn't hear the people with the microphones, and they do a really good job of having really loud microphones, like out here, and you can hear the whole thing. Um, and you couldn't hear the, the songs anymore because all you could hear were their voices. Um, and some of those songs are still in the back of my head. I'll like wake up in the middle of the night with this little refrain in Arabic. But what's incredible was there were two different instances that really stuck out. One was uh, uh, we had sung and they had sung their songs and Brandon was about to come up and, and preach and, and then the missionary was gonna translate, it was gonna be great. And a woman stops him and she says, no, no, what about this song? We need to sing one more. She was wanting, they were wanting to continue in worship. So it wasn't the three songs and then this and that, no, it was an hour. It was an hour of straight <laughs> worship that they wanted to sing. Um, and it was incredible because they, they wanted it. There was a desire there to do that. And then another time, um, the, because as technology is want to do, our tech team can tell us, um, things messed up. All of a sudden, the internet blinked, the YouTube stopped right in the middle. But whereas if we were doing that, if the sound system went down, people would start looking around and be like, what are we, what are we supposed to do now? It didn't stop them. They kept singing and they finished the song. They sang um, louder, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, their voices raised even higher. What is so amazing to me about that is one, because uh, on some of the YouTube videos, they had like the phonetic in English, so I'm sitting here doing my best to figure that out um, and butchering it. But um, in Revelation, we're told that one day there will be a great multitude before the throne of every tribe, of every people, of every group, and every tongue and they are all worshiping the Lord. Amen. And in that moment, we get just a glimpse and a taste of it. And what I want to remind us of from that experience is how important worship is for us um, and for them. Because one of the things that uh, all Christians have, all followers of Jesus, excuse me, have is um, a need to worship because it's what unites us because we all worship the same Lord. Uh, my verse was in Corinthians as well, and it says, For just as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so too is Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, we were all made to drink of the one spirit. For in fact, the body is not a single member, but many. Echoing what Alexa just said in Galatians. So what's amazing to me is right now, even though there's a seven-hour delay between here and Athens, so seven hours ago, um, there was a church meeting in Athens who is the same as us. We are one body of Christ. And sometimes we can get wrapped up and we can get caught up in the things that are happening here and our own issues and our own problems and our own lives. 
but we remember that we are part of a, a one body, a one church that expands the whole globe and is continuing to expand because uh, Jesus is alive. He's not Amen. dead. Amen. Hey, Pastor Brandon here again. Thanks for listening to our Go Time podcast. Here's what I want to invite you to do. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube at ImpactFXBG or our website, ImpactFXBG.Church. If something we talked about sparked an interest in you, we would love to hear from you. You can email hello at ImpactFXBG.Church. Until next time, let's keep living the dream.